No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Kind of a sad edition of Been All of America here, but also, uh, I don't know, I guess a therapeutic one, in a sense, I think. Uh, This is the final edition, for now, of the weekly uh, BOA Coronavirus Crisis Special Report. And with me, as always, is my co-host... On this adventure, Dr. Tyler Coachon, uh, what's going on, Tyler? Oh, I'm just waiting until you tell me what's happening next. After that intro, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, this is the end of the of the, of, of the ride, man. And I appreciate that uh, you've been a part of it for so long. I said last week, if if there ever is, I don't know who would decide that kind of thing. If there ever is a Ben All of America Hall of Fame. We'll uh, we'll put you in there. So uh, you are uh, you've done yeoman's work over the last ten weeks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you. It was good. It was fun. And as we talked about, it's like where you know where do we go from here? In a sense, the world is overrun by all this. It's become the new normal already. Every state has has begun opening up, whatever that means. Um, in the wake of, of the last two and a half months, which is uh, the time of uh, our special reports, pretty much. Yeah, we're, uh, we're on the road here in Arizona as well, and uh, hoping for a good outcome. Very nervous. Uh, hope that we can catch up with it if it starts to spring back. We'll see. Yeah, it's stressful, man. It's stressful. Uh I was out today going to the store. The sheer panic of it all has subsided into every mundanity. I went to the, you know, I was out, at, I was going to one store and I had to stop and get change. And I went to the Seven Eleven. It's like, well, uh, you know, six weeks ago that would be unheard of for me, but now it's you, you have to be a part of society essentially. You and everyone was wearing a mask. Thank goodness. Actually, that's the law here, so. How is it in Arizona? A lot of mask wearing? It uh, varies depending on uh, what store you go to. Some some places do have a policy, and they uh, request it, or actually they demand that uh, masks be worn. I think that's Costco, for example. I think that's their policy. Uh, Safeway, which is where I go uh, quite a bit, 
Uh, a lot of people do have masks. The employees certainly do. Uh, gloves as well, and they're they're cleaning everything. But there's a there's a goodly number of people who don't have a mask on, and uh, and they're not they're not happy. You know, they're, they're free to come in and and shop. Uh, just keep your distance. You know. Um, yeah. We have we have people that feel that this is uh, um, strong infringement on personal freedoms and. Was actually arguing with somebody about this uh, over uh, text messages, but he, he feels uh, very strongly that uh, oh, yeah. masks yeah, mask should not be demanded. And, you know, I'm trying to say that it's, it's another means to hopefully uh, decrease transmission, and in particular since this virus is sneaky, uh, and a lot of people don't realize at the moment that they're shedding it that they, they are possibly infecting others. Um, it, it just doesn't register. You know, we're, we're quickly devolving into uh, a couple of camps on this, and, and it's going to be the way it is. Yeah. Part of the reason why we're kind of wrapping the show up, I guess, in a sense, is because it's getting more political, and we can't hide our own biases, if you will. Uh, I think, you know, we we started out at the very beginning saying that eventually this would come down to decisions that were uh, political. And that the people who are responsible, you know, for making the final calls and all that are not the, the scientists. It, it's the, the leaders that we have, the governors yeah. and, and others. And so uh, certainly they've taken scientific advice, and, and I hope that they've weighed it carefully. Um, our state, the governor, has kind of crafted an intermediate approach. And uh, I guess, you know, we don't know everything, Tim, and we've proved that so many times with this virus. It has surprised us. We've changed the recommendations. Yeah. The mask being a great example. They're saying, no, just keep your distance. And, and then later saying, well, maybe it would help in terms of not uh, forward transmitting the infection uh, unwittingly. Um, and I, I see today there was a study or a report about the situation in Florida where everybody thought it was just going to go bonkers, and it has been a lot better than people yeah. had thought, and they're puzzling over that. But this is the yeah. But are the underreported numbers in Florida? Pardon me. Are the under are underreporting the numbers in Florida? I I suspect that could be. I I don't. You know. I mean, all I am dependent on is, is the news report. The only work with what we have, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I think one of the the strategies maybe is uh, not releasing everything quickly, or at least that's my suspicion. But all I have now is. Uh, a suspicion, and uh, um, there's only you know I mean we can we can go for a while, uh, but hospitalizations and uh, uh, severely uh, ill patients uh, showing up in intensive care and then yeah, yeah. deaths eventually they will catch up with this. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, people will find out if that's the case. And so we're we're really hoping here the hot weather is on. In Arizona, I mean, we're we're talking temperatures of 110 next week. Uh, that maybe will make it more difficult for the virus to transmit. And, uh, yeah, you're going to fly that now. virus, yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, you know, maybe I hope we're lucky. I really, truly hope we're lucky. Uh, and we'll get some breathing room, and then if there is a, a resurgence in the fall, we'll, we'll be um, stocked as well as we can be. Until we have yeah, I hear that a lot too, but part of me is wonders like uh, if we'll as a country end up squandering that free time that we're buying now 
It's going to be like, well oh, so mission far. accomplished. It's over. It's gone. The virus yeah. is gone. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, so we'll we'll see if they do the right thing. Because I have not seen them do the right thing since we started this endeavor, pretty much. The national lockdown. There was never, there was never a national lockdown, Tyler. Uh, it was all yeah. Yeah. happenstance, haphazard. Here's some guidelines we have, but don't follow these guidelines. They're, you know, it was madness, man. Yeah, it, part of that is the, the system is, is built that way, where the, the public health system is, in fact, fragmented. That has its own strengths, its own weaknesses. But, um, yeah, apart from some guidelines and then some interesting sorts of comments about them, uh, the national response was rather, in my opinion, muted. Um, it's not the same as every place else, that's for sure. We've seen other um, other strategies, some better than others. And uh, all I can say is we're, we're, we're open for business. You know, we're going to start opening, and I'm praying that that goes well. And the reason I say that uh, I'm praying is because I don't know if we'll be able to react quickly enough. Uh, but also I, I have to wonder, will we be able to muster – uh, as necessary, the will to shut back down as needed. If somebody says, "Okay, that that's it. We can't have any more cases. We're gonna we're gonna overtop the reservoir of ICU beds, you know, if we don't do something." And I just don't know. Yeah, I think it'll have to be like very isolated situations. Like, uh, no shade on Orlando, but like, let's say Orlando, it's like oh, we outbreak yeah. in Orlando, then then they'll shut that place down, but not like the rest of Florida or the whole country and shit. Yeah, this is very likely what we're facing because as you can see, every place is a little different in the cadence, the timing, and the total sort of uh, tsunami level, if you want to call it a tsunami. Uh, you know, we don't have one epidemic. We have a whole bunch of uh, fires that have been sparked up here and there. They're all a little bit different. So let's let's hope. That's all, that's all we can do now. Hope spring into action is necessary. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting since we started the program, it's been, I think we had a thousand cases, period, here in America. And maybe a hundred deaths. I, I don't even have the, the stats in front of me, so. I never, with, I never thought it would get thousands. this bad, man. Like, I really, even though we talked about it, and it was like, kept, kept, <laughs> our, all our worst nightmares every week kind of kept coming true. Uh, and uh, yeah. people will long, People will long mention that first episode we did where you said 10,000 next week and 100,000 the following week cases and, uh, and then hit right on the mark. And at that point, I was like, well, I know, we, you know, we're really we're in the shit right now, man. We really are. So it's, uh, it's astonishing to think that we have a thousand times more deaths than when we started. Yeah. Okay. And uh, honestly, one of the things that was interesting is the model. Uh, and this time I, I, I think that I wasn't very impressed with the press when the, the models first came out. I don't know if you remember, they had the uh, Washington models and others. And they kind of picked the one that, that they liked and said, well, yeah. the death toll will probably be 100,000 if we do everything right. And that we knew the instant they said that, it wasn't the way the model was set up. They weren't, we weren't yeah. even social distancing in, in most of the U.S. at that point. So we've blown past that initial sort of uh, 
very optimistic um, estimate. You know, what was interesting to me is that, that I actually uh, sent messages to people on Twitter to some of the journalists saying, you know, what, what are you doing here? You're, you're picking really the, the lowball estimate. What's most probable? Why doesn't somebody sit up there and ask, what's the most probable? And all I got was uh, uh, a lot of ill will in return. Yeah. So I, okay, that's, that's all I'll say. They don't want to panic people, I guess, to see. Uh, I understand this that. This whole thing has been a big panic. Everyone's panicked about it all. It's pretty I, – that's kind I of the whole – I understand that. And at the, at the beginning, you can sympathize for decision makers who are caught in this vice of if I, if I get out of hand here, people are going to panic, and we don't really know. Uh, you, Tim, as, as late as January 24th, uh, major scientific journals were, were talking about containment. This could be contained, uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm not quite clear on, on how that was actually decided that the editorial board would write that uh, because I remember talking to the PA class uh, in, uh, geez, early January saying this cat's way out of the bag because, you know, people travel so fast now. And uh, this yeah. is the scenario that I always talk to them about infectious diseases that uh, somebody will get on an airplane and, uh, you know, in China and they'll be fine and they'll, they'll land in New York city and uh, be sick and that'll be it. So, uh, well, here we are. Anyway, yeah, here we are. Uh, but I, I really, I think we do have to to have sympathy for the decision makers who were trapped in this situation, not knowing, getting conflicting advice, uh, not clear, like, is this really going to be a problem? Yeah. How bad will it be? And a lot of people saying, oh, don't worry, it's going to be like SARS. We'll be able to track it down. We'll contain it. <clears throat> I even argued with people, scientists about if this is true, that there are asymptomatic cases, you cannot contain it with quarantine. And I was told I was an idiot. What? Yeah, just about everybody that I wrote to. So uh, I stopped writing. Well, you're right about the whole predictions of how the cases would unfold. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, the, there's a lot more yet to come, Tim. So we're going to... How do you mean? Already, what, well, we've blown past the 100,000 level, and, and I'm looking at this, and I, I'm thinking if we get through um, to August without 150,000, I'll be amazed. And, uh, and we're yet to see what this, if there are going to be flare-ups. We don't know. Um, and that's yeah, just the start. it's looking like it'll be 150,000 uh, by, you know, it could be by the 4th of July or something like that. But let's, uh, let's do yeah. the numbers here, as we do traditionally on the show. Here we are, week 10. Uh, the coronavirus cases, again, we, we started, it almost works out perfectly, which is creepy enough. Uh, we started at 1,600 cases, and uh, tonight we have 1.6 million cases here in America. And for deaths, I don't have the stats in front of me on the first episode we did, but there are now 97,000 deaths uh, in America, 97,647, so close to 98. They'll hit the 100,000 mark by Memorial Day, pretty much, which is, yep. uh, it's kind of terrifying, man. It really is. The We talked about this, like, way back as the show progressed, I think, because the death tally then wasn't as bad, obviously. And I remember us talking about, like, what are people going to do when, fucking like, 100 people plus are dying every day? 200, 300 plus, and it's, it, 
you know, it's kind of fucked up, but like people got used to it. That's the creepy part. That's the really yeah. creepy part, especially coming from yeah. here. You know, I told you for like about two weeks, it's finally starting to go down now. I think today they had, let me see, 80 deaths here in Massachusetts, but they were having, uh, you know, 150, 170 deaths every day for about two weeks straight. You get desensitized to the whole thing, which is horrifying. I was like, what what are people going to do? But they didn't really do anything. (laughs) I just just watched watched an abject horror, I guess. It's It's very frightening, man. Well, you know, the thing that we have to keep in mind is that the the death rates are in decline now, and that seems to be a a feature of this particular uh, disease that it it spikes up as any exponential growth curve will. It comes up fast, but then it tails off slowly. So we're we're going to be down. The the numbers of deaths will all factors equal will uh, tail off, and so we I think we're you know getting out of the really uh, quick growth, but what we don't know is will other uh, regions spark up and, and create yeah. more more problems. But the other the big worry is that uh, we'll slow down in the summer, maybe not stop, but slow down. Uh, and then when school's back in session and we start again, kind of uh, getting back to normal, that we have uh, the so-called second wave. Uh, if, yeah. if you want to break this down into two waves. Uh, that that's very worrisome, and the, the reason is because what we had hoped was uh, maybe, and maybe in New York City and some boroughs, it could be that like one person in five. I think we talked that you know we could have ten to twenty times more cases uh, out there that, that had been detected, but uh, the numbers are low uh, where the virus is circulated freely. Within five percent, ten percent of the population, that means herd immunity is a long way off. Uh, yeah. This 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 thing is not going to go easily uh unless there's a miracle. So let's hope for a miracle. Tell you man, Dr. Pepper every night. <laughs> Drink a can of Dr. Pepper every night, you'll never get the coronavirus. Okay, <coughs> I'm living proof. Okay. <laughs> See it works. You have a perfect exactly. correlation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, but then, you know, also make sure you get your uh, homebrew uh, chloroquine. Somebody was putting out information as to how to do that, which is <laughs> do you quite think interesting. The, we can get a little political. Do you think, the, do you think Trump's really taking uh, that drug? I don't think he really is taking it. I think he's lying. You know, I, Tim, I, I sit there and go, yeah, he is. And I think, well, no, maybe he's not. Um, this is the, a real problem in terms of, now we he needs us to believe him, and so many yeah. people won't. So many people won't. Right, right. And so he's he's charged with leading us places, and people don't trust him. And and so that's that's a sad situation all the way around. So I I honestly I don't know what to believe from him. I, I seriously don't. Yeah. yeah, well that's kind of the thing too. They said like. Uh... All along, they were like, "Well, when a real emergency comes along and people need to listen to you, you're gonna, uh, no one, no one will do so." And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah that little... doesn't believe what he has to say. It's just <laughs> when you're out there talking through. about drink, drinking bleach and uh, this is all going to go away miraculously and shit. No wonder people don't want to believe him. So, 
Well, you know, the thing that we have to, to have some sympathy because errors were out there and, and other people were thinking that this is going to be oh, yeah. similar to SARS. And, and so uh, if, if you go back and you look at history, that the rate of transmission did drop. But with the SARS, uh, what happened is uh, that particular virus was driven to extinction. And we were lucky because the, the pyramid of uh, pathology was very steep. And so a lot of cases were severe and they showed and they could, they could uh, isolate those people. And so we were, we were kind of lucky there. Uh, and so we, we made, you know, a reasonable kind of uh, extrapolation that this will be similar. And so far, this new guy has been its own, own dude, you know, that, that uh, yeah, it's very not like anything else. Yeah. It is. It is. And so we have to understand that it was a situation in motion. There were people giving their best advice, but uh, errors uh, were out there. And, and so you act on the best information you can get, but sometimes it's not 100%. And so we have to be um, judicious when we look at people and, and try to say they did a good job or a bad job. We have to be fair, you know, and say, yeah, uh, this is the fog of war. I think you used that term yourself a couple of times. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, and that's what it means. That's what it means. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this at the very start of the whole thing. This is getting more and more indecipherable. This disease and shit. So, and now with the kids getting sick, it's getting worse. So, uh, I mean, we'll have to see what happens, man. It's very, uh, it's very frightening and frustrating. The whole thing. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things we talked about, it, it is frightening to think that kids could get this, the Kawasaki-like syndrome, and it could be very dangerous for them. It's not particularly prevalent, but we, we've seen it. And then once people learn to look for it, you know, we started to find more. But that situation, I, I think that there's a, a reasonable consensus on this. That's a very slowly emerging uh, situation that occurs after exposure. And it looks like, for all intents and purposes, this is a hyperimmune response. And that, I'm telling you, is a cautionary tale for those who will make a vaccine and induce an immune response to antigens, whether you put them in there through RNA, DNA, or in standard way of purified proteins. We have to be very careful that that mix of antibodies is uh, what we want it to do in terms of neutralization because Kawasaki's disease looks like a sensitization where the, yeah. the immune response is out of whack, out of balance. This virus, in fact, any virus that can cruise around the body for weeks is very elusive and it's good at modulating the immune system to make it do what it wants. And unfortunately, if we don't attack it just the right way, we could induce sensitivity very easily. That's why we have to be quite careful in the testing of these vaccines. There have been some positive results. Uh, probably maybe people at the company got a little bit ahead of itself, but there have been positive results. But there's no substitute for careful testing and checking to see, you know, like, does it really do what we need it to do? Uh, but does it leave a legacy? So that the Kawasaki syndrome or like syndrome that showed up, that took a month to show up. And it, it looks for all the world like it's an IgG phenomenon, an out of whack IgG. And so they've been able What's to, to uh, bring, uh, that's the uh, immunoglobulin that forms after you've had an exposure. And this is the very 
specific uh, to that pathogen only. And so it's very, very carefully directed. Uh, and uh, it looks like in some of the instances it has properties that are undesirable in terms of getting too active uh, in, in some of these patients. And this, this is what we worry about. Same idea with dengue. When we uh, vaccinated against dengue, we actually maybe induced a, a greater level of sickness in some of the patients by having antibodies that would bind but not neutralize. And it's not clear yeah. if that's what's happened in these patients, but uh, something has gone wrong. And this is where, you know, people are saying, well, we'll rush this through, or, you know, we'll get through in record time. You have to watch and sit back, and, and I know it sounds yeah. sick. You yeah, I'm not taking any vaccine. We've talked about this before, yeah. I'm not taking any vaccine yeah. that they rush to the market uh, right away and shit. So. Well, it could be, that could be a, a worse disaster than, than anything imaginable, because if you uh, get it to the point where the, the reactions are fearful from the vaccine, uh, you'll never get another one out there. And I, I will tell you, if you, if you want to see what happens when these things go wrong, take a look at the Lyme disease vaccine story, where the, the first vaccine was uh, reputed to cause the very syndrome that it was attempting to avoid. Now, there's a new uh, generation Lyme disease vaccine out there that's put together in such a way that it wouldn't be able to, to do that, but um, there simply isn't much of a market here that, uh, you know, people were very much turned off by that. And you have a, an installed base of uh, people who will remember the story because they were harmed by it or the children were harmed by the disease. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, memories are long. Uh, so anyway, uh, you, you want to have this, everybody wants this to work, but there's no substitute for care. And you can see that for the disease or the, the Kawasaki-like syndrome to show up, taking four weeks, we think, after exposure, it takes time. You, you've got to watch for a while. So there's, there's so many factors uh, ahead of us here. Um, you know, we, we might get really lucky and everything just falls into place with the production, uh, we could have some setbacks, and people have to be prepared for that. You know, we talked about this last week on the show. No one would have ever believed that what we're looking at now is what was happening back then. I mean, I would like to look back and see if the whole thing about masks. I bet, I bet you and I were talking about masks and said, oh, you probably don't really need them right now. And now, and now you're legally required to wear a mask. The whole mask thing is very weird, too. Uh, I heard... Uh, speculation that they said that uh, you didn't need a mask in order to like lessen the uh, demand at hospitals. And once things kind of settled down, then they were like, okay, okay, yeah, it turns out you need a mask after all. So, but I don't know. That seems kind of like far fetched. Well, this is a, the problem is that when you you have a, a guideline, then you have to reverse it. Uh, you know that the pressure was really on or the, the people making the, the call that let's do masks now really felt that yeah. uh, they had to come forward. But uh, I'll tell you honestly, uh, if you've ever used uh, N95 type of masks where it's clamped onto your face uh, very tightly, they're not comfortable. Uh, you sweat, and, and uh, you, I mean, you just you don't want to wear these. You're much better off with uh, the thing that will uh, limit, if there's, if there's a cough or a sneeze, limit the spray. Uh, but just because you're wearing a mask, don't feel bulletproof. I think we, we've mentioned yeah. that before. 
uh, they aren't going to save you. And you can tell, uh, honestly, Jim, that uh, a lot of medical personnel who know what they're doing have gotten uh, infected as well. So much depends on your situation. But uh, you're better off, but you're not 100% protected. Anyway, it's just the, the thing of we've had to learn. It's unfortunate. We've had to, to reverse things. Uh, that just makes it more difficult. It, it just leads to a situation where people get frustrated, as you said. They, they get so tired of this. We're all sick of this. Keep going. Yeah, we are all sick of it. I saw uh, a meme that was like, America, just because you're bored with the coronavirus doesn't mean it's over with, which is kind of like how <laughs> we're at now. Everyone's bored with this thing, man. Yeah, it's no fun. It is really no fun. You know, uh, people that like baseball, uh, you know, missed out on that. Basketball, that was killed. Hockey, all those things that, that we just take as a matter of course. It, it, it went right down with us. And then, then what? Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Well, Netflix probably made out great, but... Man, <laughs> yeah, pretty grim. We didn't even get a sponsorship from uh, Nothing But Cake, so we, we we didn't cash in at all. Yeah, deeply disappointing. I thought they'd step up, but you know, <laughs> times are tough. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of them yeah. uh, this weekend, though for the for the holiday weekend. I got a slew of bantinis, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I've already eaten a yeah. shell of them. Well, I was gonna say you're. You're a much better man than me because I would have had them all gone by now. It's been four <laughs> hours. They are really good, folks. They are really good. Oh, Nothing but yeah. cakes. <laughs> hey, but maybe they'll, they'll come on board for the your next iteration of the show. You know, there's always hope. I think so. <laughs> Eventually, they'll have to be like, just stop talking about us. We'll pay you. Well, Bay is stopping about us at this point. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's an ill wind that blows someone no good, right? Yeah. Adjusting to the new normal is, is very off-putting, I think. I think everyone else is feeling that way, too, I think, listening to the, the audience and people I know. it's No one quite knows what to do, and that includes, like, the places you would go, if that makes any sense. So sure. it's like, you know, I, all right, I'm willing to go out, but it turns out the restaurant, I have to sit uh, on this uh, bar stool or whatever outside. It's like, they really didn't plan for this. You're hoping that more, more places do and shit. Well, I think just like you say, uh, we're adaptable. And so what becomes the new norm is that you kind of learn like, okay, this is what we got to do. And, and as uh, as people do more of these things, more practices, more things are put in place, they'll get better at it. You know, we'll learn from experience. So yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. Uh, the um, the next thing I think to look out for is going to be the the vaccine. And uh, uh, one one thing uh, that your audience members might want to um, keep in mind is uh, vaccines are not all quite equal. We talked about the polio vaccine. Uh, a yeah. lot of vaccines are just good enough. And so one of the problems that we'll have with a, a new coronavirus vaccine will be that a lot of people will, will want this to be uh, like a sterilizing vaccine, a complete infection. Right, cure, total cure, yeah. It, Total cure 
Uh, and that may actually be very difficult, uh, to be honest. And, and one thing that we have to keep in mind is uh, we might, it's possible that the average person after infection may be uh, immune to that level uh, when they start, but in a couple of years it might drop way down. Now, well, what about mutations? Have, I see all this shit about, like, mutations. You know, it's mutated six, seven, eight, nine times. Like, yeah, has uh, it, and what does that even mean? It, uh, it actually is, and, and we talked about that uh, in terms of how it's helped track the sort of different clades that have come in. Remember we talked that uh, it looks like the, the virus that landed in New York came via Italy. And so there are changes. Most of the time, those changes are of no consequence in terms of how the, the virus functions. But these RNA viruses, wow. in particular, they tend to change. Now, of course, of course, coronavirus is a little exceptional. It actually has a, a repair capability, which is kind of interesting. Ah. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, your point is well taken. That yeah, we have to to wonder like how much variability is a, a possibility. And the, the big worry is how far could it change before it ruined our vaccines? One thing you can do is try to go for highly conserved regions of the receptor protein. Uh, and that uh, reason is that the virus uses is that the virus doesn't use it, but the, the um, infection is mediated through a receptor uh, response that the, there's a match between virus protein and, and host protein. Yeah. If you change that too much, the virus can't attack anymore. So it's constrained there. So that's a, that's a good target that can't vary wildly to attack. And so we, we want to make sure that the virus basically uh, is um, hit at its weak point, its Achilles heel, and it has limited ability to, uh, to um, sort of mutate its way out of that. But it's, uh, it's a factor that we, we have to wonder about. Um, I think right now, uh, having gone through a season and we're not seeing all kinds of uh, strange subtypes that maybe we'll, we'll be okay on this. But again, it's one of those deals that, that we'll learn as we go. So I wish, you know, I wish you could say, Oh yeah, this is, well, in a way I can say, yes, we know what to do. We just don't know how well it will work for us. And this is uh, the reality. But the, the thing to keep in mind is that the vaccine does not have to be perfect. It may be one of those deals that's good enough, good enough to fight it off, good enough to keep it down. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, good enough is when they're going to give us anyway at first, so that's why I'm not taking it. I think well, the idea that they're rushing it out is very, very worrisome. They're making very, they're making a whole other generation of anti-vaxxers with that shit. Um, let's hope that, the whole idea that they're going to rush it out. Let's hope there are a few problems. Uh, and, and that doesn't happen. But we know that the reality is that when you're going to apply a vaccine to hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of people, there are going to be yeah. adverse events. It's absolutely the case. But if we can, if we can make this thing so that um, people don't have a rip-roaring heavy infection and the, the virus yeah. titer is low and they don't get seriously ill, uh, the, and the, the odds of transmission drop down, that is a serious victory. You know, and then if you think about with HIV right now, have you, have you heard the term U equals U? No. You heard that one? No. Uh, there's a, what, what they do is with the new generation uh, anti-HIV treatments, 
they drive the virus levels down to the point where they're undetectable. So that's the, the U. And the equals yeah. U part is if it's driven down that low to be undetectable, it is actually almost untransmissible. And so we can't cure it, but we can fix it with the right therapies and caution uh, so that it doesn't transmit anymore. And even without a vaccine, there's strong hope that we could drive HIV infections down to practically nil with uh, a, a strong effort. We may be able to do something likewise with the coronavirus, even though we don't get the sterilizing immunity that lasts for, for forever, for years and years. Uh, we may be able to beat it just enough that we can get it under control. But we, um, uh, it's going to be a battle, I'm telling you. This thing's slippery and we know it. Yeah. But we're so used to the idea that, uh, yeah, okay, there's a disease. Give me a pill. Where's my pill? You know, yeah, there's a right, disease. Right. Where's my vaccine? And and so in one way, uh, the medical, uh, I guess, community ha- has been uh, spectacularly successful. But in another way, in terms of expectation, we're a little bit uh, victims of our own success in that, you know, everybody just thinks, okay, yeah, okay, wait, you know, it's been two weeks. Where's the vaccine? What are you doing? Yeah. And, I see a lot of people posting shit on Facebook that are like, you're just wrong. Like, do all the research you can, man. Don't just believe some fucking meme from one side or the other. Like, Google it, dude. And they never do. (laughs) Well, you know, we we have this conversation with our students, and I tell them that one of the things that makes medicine today great is the Internet. And the thing that's probably going to make you wish you had retired early will be the Internet because yeah. you get all this information. Google is great. Don't get me wrong. It has its strengths. But in terms of a research tool, you have to be very careful because people can game yeah. the system. And I don't remember if we talked about this, but if um, somebody out there who happens to be a former Playmate of the Year Google something, just by virtue of name recognition, that leaps up there. And that oh, is yeah. what people see first, okay? So they look at um, number of links to it, uh, you know, I mean, total. I, there's a, a number of factors. But a lot of it can be name recognition and linking, uh, interest in, but not necessarily a vote for quality. And so when you talk about people who say, well, I did my research on Google. I went to the University of Google. Uh, yeah, it's not quite the same thing as going to uh, Duke University Medical School or something like that. Not yeah. quite the same emphasis. You make it sound like you've been duped by some ladies, oh. quote-unquote, online. <laughs> yeah, you, have you been catfished? <laughs> what, did you, did you catch that bitterness there? That, uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that. No, I like, they, and they don't even have to use their real name. It was like, oh, wow. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I'm not a great target to begin with. But uh, <laughs> uh, yes, it is, it is an interesting place, the Internet. So uh, yeah. you know, the, students, I, the students are constantly now coming up and saying, why do I have to know this? I can just look on my phone. You know, oh, picture, picture yourself five years from now 
and somebody says, uh, you know what, I, I think that I have a basal cell carcinoma. And you're going to pick up your phone and then look at the, the criteria to diagnose that? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like video things, like look at your, like a video thing so the doctor can look at you and say if you have it now. So. Well, but, you know, the thing I'm trying to get across to them is that these patients will come in very well versed on uh, some aspects of, of medicine. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're really wrong. And uh, it's one of the things with the students is that a lot of times they, they miss questions because they don't know which one of the five things that fits the malady that's been described is the most likely. It's one of my favorite yeah. questions. Of these, which is the most likely? They don't have that sense. And so, yeah, all of them could be which one's the most likely. And so the patients may have found something that fits like a glove, but it's only been found in 1932, you know, by dark of night <laughs> yeah. in Poland, you know. And so, no, we're not gonna, we're going to bet that's not it. Uh, and that's, that's what you need to have in the back of your head. You need to be a true expert. You can't be sitting there looking this up because they've already got you beat. Yeah. And you get these blank stares and, well, the question's not fair. Yeah, I guess it's not. Yeah. I know what this rash means. It's like, all right, do you? Well, <laughs> well yeah. Sometimes they're right. Though. It's uh, they're right. What's that? Sometimes they're, they're absolutely on target. And that's when oh, you, yeah, uh, sure. you, you go in there and you say, yeah. Uh, but I can, I can remember um, I had an eye infection many years ago, and I went into the clinic at Loyola, and uh, the, the attending looked at me. I would say for one ten billionth of a second, and then she turned it over to her resident. And, of course, he was nowhere near as skilled, and she was kind yeah. of getting – Nancy, and she said, well, what do you think it is? And he, had, he said something, and she said, no. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then it must be, and, and she said, no. Well, she, she stopped talking to him and started talking to me, and she said, what you have, I think, is a staph infection, very, very common. Uh, you probably got it and just went to the dentist, and so what we'll do is I will give you this particular treatment. I can't remember what it was. And she said, it will probably be all better by tomorrow morning. If not, give me a call because that means it's not staff. And I forgot what it was. And then I left, but she was, they were having a conversation and it wasn't purdy when I left yeah. with the resident. So, but this is the, the learning process. And so, you know, eventually the student will become an expert, but it's a painful, difficult process. And there's a yeah. lot to learn. And sometimes the patients come in and they know exactly what they have. And sometimes you have to say, yeah, that's a possibility, but I don't think so today. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with this yeah. assumption. That doesn't work. We'll move on. Well, it's interesting to see what is going to happen. Have you thought about, I mean, we'll, I think we'll come back maybe in uh, like six weeks or so, depending on what happens. Because now it's, everything is very slow. If that makes any yes. sense. We can't continue this this show anymore because there's nothing novel about the this virus. We just now live in the virus dominated world. It's very weird. It is, and uh, I think you're right that we we have kind of slowed down a little bit. We uh, did accomplish some goals as a nation. We were able to sort of bend the curve, at least in, in some areas of the of the U.S. And uh, what we'll have to watch out for now is there's always a lag. 
It, it takes yeah. a while for the, the infections to show themselves. Uh, and what that really means is it should scare everybody because by the time you see them, it's two weeks ahead of you. You know, the, yeah. the epidemic curve is, is a past tense. So we're, we, we have to watch out for that. But I think um, the worst case scenario would be in, in a week or so, we start to see clear evidence that uh, the virus is popping up in some areas. And that, that's going to be very worrisome. Uh, but we have other places. Uh, it looks right now like Brazil is heading for unmitigated disease. Yeah, Brazil's getting hit hard right now, yeah. And uh, Mexico, very likely, and Mexico City at least. Uh, I don't know what the other uh, states are like. But uh, in the federal yeah. district, Mexico City, that's what, I don't know how many millions of people live there. It's, it's a huge place. Um, they don't have adequate testing, but they can see the hospitals again, are, are filling up. Filling up. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's a bad sign. So we will – this is yeah, the man. sad part is there will never be a full accounting of, of how many people died uh, in, in these no, epidemics. Yeah, and, they'll look back on this and go, around this many people died. Like that's, yeah. that's how – if people can't wrap their minds around how fucked up the situation is, like we're in and around – this many people died situations like they'll never they'll never know it's like the civil war it's like any it's like any war we're like around around five million people died it's like oh jesus that's like but you yeah. know uh and that's where we're at now um i'll miss this show in a lot of ways because it gave me perspective on the unfolding atrocities that are happening right now because it was just like we talked about it. It was like this many people died. I found, Tyler, and I should take a picture of it and put it somewhere. Maybe I'll put it on Twitter. Cleaning out the rabbit's cage, and we have a big thing for old newspapers. And in the bottom was uh, the Boston Globe, and it said, now, hold on your hat. It said, second person dies of coronavirus. Wow. Yeah. And, I was wow. Like, and that was like wow. early March. And I was like, wow. This is yeah. – and that was like Massachusetts and – now we're up to like six thousand people here, um, and the obituaries every Sunday run about twenty pages. I think that people sometimes, I think maybe they wonder like why the fuck we're doing this. And well, you're in luck, folks. Cause this is the last episode. But folks, a hundred, hundred and fifty plus people are dying every day where I live. This is serious. This is really, really yeah. bad. Um, and if you live somewhere else. I can imagine that you're listening to this and you're going, well, only 35 people have died total. It's like, dude, uh, I'm looking forward to the day when only 35 people a day die here in Massachusetts. It's uh, well, it's really, really bad here, man. It's really fucking bad. So. Yeah, and I, I think the, the thing to keep in mind, Tim, is that for those who want to travel, uh, it, it, until the it's controlled in the world at large, I uh, we're not really safe from reimportation or encountering it if you go abroad. So, for example, uh, in the southern hemisphere now, they're heading into the winter season. That's when the virus really likes to get down. And, and so I think in Sao Paulo and these other places uh, in Brazil, uh, you're, you're really heading into uh, difficult, difficult times. Uh, but with globalization, people move around. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're flying a little bit, 
But uh, I think what we'll have is exactly what I, I believe the, the United Kingdom is, is doing and maybe other places in Europe uh, is that, sure, you're welcome to visit two-week quarantine after arrival. Yeah, we talked about that, that's, yeah. yeah, after that's done, uh, you can go. But that's going to be the reality, I, I think, of travel. And, um, you know, we have to now watch uh, Australia. Uh, if you remember Tom Hanks, uh, you know, was able to – was sick, he and his wife. But, but with difficulty, they recovered. Uh, and then it kind of sounded like, you know, Australia kind of got out of the – of uh, the weeds on this, they're going to have to be very careful about importation and travel. China already had that happen. You know, they, they smacked it down in uh, Hubei province, and then uh, lo and behold, it came back in again. So after all, yeah, work, but I think we talk about this on the show. Like, who the fuck wants to come here anyway? We're, we're all we're the epicenter of this disease. It's, well, yeah, uh, okay, okay. I, I mean, there'll, be, I there'll, there'll always be some people who want to come here and stay, but it's like, I imagine some people fucking left at this point. They were like, all right, yeah, I'm out of this country. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? Now, we have a caller. <laughs> As is tradition here on the show. Uh, we we take callers, so uh, let's bring bring this individual on. Seven one six area code, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? Um, I just uh, wanted to bring up a, a factor here, just really quickly. Maybe you'd want to discuss it. I mean, I think we're we're talking about the potential of sort of letting our guard down with some of the precautions that have been taken in states, etc. "Quote unquote," flattening the curve, and then we're we're going into the summer season uh, ostensibly with the possibility of uh, somewhat of a decreased spread. But, you know, one thing that's loomed in my mind uh, continually is we're, we're also heading into the hurricane season. Uh, you know, we've seen some pretty, uh, pretty devastating hurricane situations the last few years. They're talking about this year of possibly, possibly having a, a more severe hurricane season. Um, you know, I think that that sort of shatters our sense of uh, complacency in terms of any sort of potential lull in this. And um, so what happens when we have to evacuate people, uh, per, perhaps uh, emergency rescue people in the middle of uh, this quote-unquote pandemic? Um, you know, how do we protect frontline workers? How do we encourage people to go to shelters? How do we get enough shelter space for people what do we do with the, you know, uh, the infirmed and uh, um, the vulnerable people? Um, so I think that that's a big, uh, big factor here that I don't think is being talked about in the, at least the mainstream media that I've seen. So um, if there's any discussion of that, I'll, I'll listen off the air. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's a good, good point. What a very yeah. thoughtful yeah. question. We have the best callers in the business, I think. Yeah, All so far it's been great. Yeah. The, uh, but point well taken. Uh, one one sort of little indication of, of what to watch out for is in Michigan where they had those dams break because of heavy rains. Yeah. And people had to go into shelters, and, and then that was the first question. And So I guess at this stage we hope that the, the FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Association agency, is uh, – 
uh, is well stocked and ready. Uh, I, I hope they are. Uh, but yeah, we've had our first storm show up off of Florida, and uh, I think the the prediction is this is going to be a busy year, and that could be absolutely mind-bogglingly horrible for the people yeah. who are trying to help, for the people who need help. I mean, every way that it can go wrong, it, it could go wrong. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, that you have all these ramifications that you don't think about until they're on top of you. And so that, that would, you know, the, the hurricane season wouldn't have occurred to me, but for somebody that's down there, uh, you know, and experiences it, uh, yeah, boom. Hey, what about, what if this happens? Or God forbid we have an earthquake somewhere, you know, uh, all these things uh, come back to, to uh, really be devilish. Yeah. So uh, again, I guess all we can do is hope that the powers that be are anticipating, you know, look, we've got a preposition supplies. We've got a requisition supplies. Uh, maybe maybe N95 masks. We need to, to make yeah, good luck uh, with that, more man. of those. You know, I mean, we haven't had great luck now, but here's one that we know damn well is coming, you know? Yeah. And so and, and typically it ramps up. So as the summer goes on, that's when we have more and more. But we know in 90 days we're going to be in the teeth of hurricane season. And so I, yeah. I, I hope there are directives. I, I don't know. We'll see. 2020 has turned into a very bad year, man. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, not a damn thing you can do about it, you know, except sit there and watch it unfold. And we're all tired of that. So, uh, um, you know, we're just going to have to get ready for um, being frustrated. That One of the things that maybe we're too used to is not having to, to work as a team, yeah. not having uh, collective – Although a lot of people profess great patriotism, uh, you know, we're not hanging together so well sometimes. And uh, it's, it's so odd, Tim, because this is the great common enemy, if ever there was one. This is, this is as close to the alien threat that Ronald Reagan invoked in 1987, saying, you know, the world would come together if there was an external threat, you know, alien yeah. invasion. And no one and, has that. Uh, and, and, uh... That to me is why I don't want to get too paranormal, but yeah, that's kind of my thing now. Having seen how this all unfolds, it's like fuck disclosure, man. Like, like we can't, <laughs> we can't handle it, man. If this was the great test to see if people could handle aliens, like we failed, dude. <laughs> I, I shouldn't uh, laugh because it's it's not funny. But I, I know exactly what you mean. It's not funny Holy in a sense cow. like you and I. Yeah, we we the human race failed, and people like you and I are quite capable of handling aliens. So like, bring them on. But there's a whole other faction <laughs> who are like going to worship them or fight them. One or the other. There's not much middle ground, is there? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a there's a point of departure for a, a Tim Banal essay. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know, but you know, I mean, it's just so it's so crazy that you would think that this would be the thing that would unite the world, and and we're you know taking pot shots at each other, and 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 that's not to say that that there aren't things that were done uh, uh, in China, for example, we pick on China 
uh, that maybe weren't optimal, you know, or maybe there were accidents. Uh, we've already talked about that the objective data doesn't support necessarily a strong conclusion being that the virus is artificial or was engineered, but there's still the possibility of accident. And, and we've had accidents with SARS in the past that escaped from the laboratory. Um, maybe that happened with obvious uh, consequences. So, uh, but it ain't going to help us. I guess, I guess it would be nice to know so that we don't repeat history, uh, at least yeah. quickly. So, uh, we'll see. Yeah, he's a lot on the same side that I is now. Yeah, I started the show thinking we'd be out of this mess by late April or some shit. Now here we are. It's a thing that's going to haunt us now for for months, man. It's really uh, yes. frustrating. Yes, and I think that with uh, there was a lot of talk at the outset, you know, that maybe warm weather it would drop down and, and we'd be able to get the upper hand here and uh, uh, things would be looking yeah. a lot brighter. Uh, uh, but our our situation is not that, uh, at least not right now. And, and that's that's the reality, and it sucks. And this is this is probably how uh, people felt when uh, World War II was going on, and, and they're right, a long right, ways yeah. into it. And uh, people are getting killed, and it, it just doesn't look like there's an end in sight. And, you know, issue in doubt is uh, one Well, here's one the thing, situation. though, that, that frustrates me, is that people don't have the fucking constitution to endure that. And nowadays, especially these modern fucking people who are like, I need to go get coffee. I have to get, you know, I have to get out of the house. Uh, I have to go get my hair cut. It's like, dude, just, you know, you would never make it in the Blitz. Bro, you need to hunker down. Don't you know how this thing works, dude? Just hunker fucking down. You have to, like, be yeah. able to do it. I, I get people who can't work. That I, I feel bad for them. But the ones who are getting by and not having to work who are like, I want to get out of the house. It's like, fuck you, dude. Play by the rules. Play by the rules. It's, it's one of those things that we look back in the days and uh, I can tell you one one thing my mom said to me that was uh, kind of caught me off guard was um, during uh, uh, the Gulf War. And I don't know yeah. if it was the first one or the second one, but, you know, people were deployed over there multiple times and, and coming back. And, and she said, yeah, um, you know, when your dad went overseas in the Second World War, he was gone for four years, or actually it was three years. She didn't see him. Yeah. Letters or whatever, and they didn't have Skype and all that. And, and she yeah, was exactly. saying, you know, these people, she, she wasn't doubting that it was very tough what they were doing, and particularly going back for multiple deployments, coming home and going back. I mean, that, that would be yeah. outrageously stressful, uh, and I certainly couldn't do it. But she mentioned that, yeah, you, you think you got it tough. You should have seen what it was like when I was a kid, is what she was saying. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the thing was, uh, honestly, in that time, uh, in World War II, uh, the, the war effort involved uh, everybody. And so uh, it's very different than, than how we do our wars today. That's a, a big burden on such a tiny number of people, tiny fraction of the population. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you're right, that people – have have not gotten the idea that uh, shared sacrifice, uh, uh, pulling together, you know, um, sort of working together, 
uh, those values maybe have been. Yeah, well, they were willing to do it for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. frustrating part. Well, it's and it's there's there's few um, there are some reminders about what we should do, and, and I think one thing that we have in our favor is that most people will comply. Most of the population will come in yeah, and complain. Yeah, that's part. They will, in fact, comply. It's the other ones that that seem to get all the the gas. But I remember my mom. My mom talked to me about blue stars. You know what a blue star What's is? Blue star. When there was a person who was uh, in the service, they would hang a, a blue star in the window. And so if they had, right, like my yeah. dad's family, they had three of the of the sons were all in the service at the same time. So there were three blue stars in the window. Right. If the if the life was lost, there's a gold star. Yeah, and a gold she star. said yeah, that. Yeah. You go down the block, and there would be blue stars, sometimes gold stars, everywhere, everywhere. And it was a reminder that there were people who were sacrificing and serving. And so she yeah. said, um, you know, working in the factory, she worked in the factory during the war, uh, and then saving, uh, they saved everything, um, yeah. you know, all kinds of stuff for the war effort. That just became something that you did because other people were, like, over there. Different yeah, world, exactly. different times. There's no war effort right now. You know, and there's a war. <laughs> What's that tell you? This, this is exactly. Well, we have a call here serving. on the line. I think it's Pinio with a, a jail update. So, oh, okay. I hope he's been arrested. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pinio, what's going on? What's the word for so, the jails? <laughs> so, not not exactly a jail update, but the, that. I got the press release I just sent you, and it, it, they were they were preparing a couple weeks ago here to to uh, have lawyers and judges trained to have hearings on people who had to be detained for because they were a danger to the public health. And it, I don't know if you got to read even like the first paragraph. It sounds like they're saying something in like the for something that's kind of scary. Like I don't. You know what I mean? I don't want to be sick, and all of a sudden I'm on in a hearing to see if I have to be detained. How are things in in Navajo Nation? The recently, the past couple of weeks, when I didn't get to call in, the uh, the local border town, what's called the border town, is on the border of the nation. That was locked down by the governor, and you could, you weren't being able to get in and out for a couple of days, and they can only extend that lockdown three days at a time because it was a uh, based on the riot act <clears throat> and so that was completely locked down and we couldn't we couldn't even go into town to get like groceries and stuff um but then that 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 ended but the navajo nation is still doing every weekend so like right now i'm on actually just now i hit uh we legally have to be indoors until i think it's 5 a.m on monday morning and uh but like I think we can wander around in the neighborhood. I go for runs and stuff, um, but but we are supposed to be on lockdown, so we can't go into town to get food and stuff yeah. on the weekend. It's kind of creating a problem I think, because like today I saw some of my friends posting about huge lines at the grocery store because everybody's trying to rush in on Friday, like yeah. before the curfew starts, and then uh, and then there'll there'll be a rush again on Monday. So it's like if you're causing these huge rushes of people being on top of each other, I, I think that could be worse. 
But um, yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. So the the thing I was sending you was uh, so they're here in New Mexico. I guess they've set up to have uh, judges and and lawyers ready to have hearings if someone needed to be detained who had the virus. Um, yeah. I, I actually wanted to ask Doctor Coke John anything like that ask going you, on anywhere you. else. You know, I haven't heard of anything like that, uh, it, but it, that's a standard uh, sort of protocol used as necessary. Uh, when I was a grad student, I used to live next to the Cook County Sanatorium uh, in Chicago, yeah. and uh, uh, they could, by force of law, put people uh, basically in custody until they were uh, deemed no longer infectious. But I have, I have not heard right. that. Uh, it's possible uh, in Arizona, the Arizona Navajo aren't doing that same thing. You know, in New Mexico is a little bit different. But uh, the Navajo here in Arizona, they've been hit really hard, really hard. And, uh, uh, you know, they're opening up yeah, the yeah. Grand Canyon and other uh, tourist sites up there. I, I hope that works okay. But, uh, yeah, very few communities have been hit per capita as hard as uh, the Navajo. And uh, uh, I don't know if they're getting, uh, you know, uh, adequate resources. Uh, living situations there are, are quite um, primitive, I guess, is uh, what a lot of people would look at. And I think many people in, in Arizona would be shocked to realize how many people there don't have uh, electricity or running water. That they, they haul their water. Yeah, is that true? Yes. It is, and this yeah. is this is America. Uh, I'm worried about using the word primitive, though. That that yeah, you might want to use a different word. Different word but it, it, yes, uh, like that. people should understand it's a uh, how how are you washing your hands when you don't have water? Exactly, water. exactly. And you right. have to to allocate it so very carefully because you know you're going to go get uh, a thousand gallons at great expense and time. You, know, you have to go find it. And, so the conditions there, I think, would shock uh, a lot of people if you, you realize, like, man, you know, a few hundred miles away, we're we're living like kings compared to to how people are just getting by. Yeah. So this this is the reality. Have, have you have you seen uh, Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez on the news recently? He's he's talked about how uh, a certain amount of money is supposed to be coming out here and. And it's just taking a long time, and and there's a lot of uh, resource <laughs> issues. Checks in the hey, mail. He he, he has been. It, it shouldn't be a secret to anybody that knows anything about Trump or ever followed him before he was president, but he has no intention of treating Native Americans as anything other than an enemy. I I don't like. He's always been that way. When he used to be on the Howard Stern show, it was a, not that he talked about it, but you you knew that that was part of his yeah. agenda. He was always in competition with the, with the casinos and stuff. So like he's uh, anti-native. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I have uh, uh, either saw, uh, uh, it's Nez, right? Mr. Nez is the, yeah. the leader. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him or heard him on either radio or, or TV. And that's exactly what, what he was saying is, is that we, we really need this to get through. We're, we're waiting. We need it now. They needed it weeks ago. Actually, and uh, um, it it's one of those things that that what what I ask and haven't heard much is where are the Arizona senators? You know, I mean, what what, what the hell? 
it, this is an all hands on deck moment. And, and so you got all these people who are citizens that need help. Where's right. the where's the help? Yeah. Where, where's the concern? And I I'm hoping that maybe there are things going on that I, I don't see. But just as when we had the the issues show up at some of the the uh, border, uh, I guess, facilities uh, with uh, children in particular, uh, mostly our senators were absent. I mean, one of them did show up and ask a few questions, but it's like, it's your state. These are your people. Where are you? But it's just so uh, interesting in terms of uh, how bad it's gotten uh, in the Navajo Nation and right. How little they're they're getting in terms of uh, support. Yeah, so, uh, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I look at the, uh, the disparity in healthcare between not just Navajo but um, all you know people of color, communities of color, and the rest of the country. Um, what do you what do you think about the coverage on that issue? You know, there, there's been some, uh, and so one of the, mm. the things that that happens is. Um, we have these cascading effects that uh, if people are suffering from malnutrition uh, that, you know, everything uh, else kind of fails. And so we recognize certain risk factors are much heavier represented in some of the, of the other populations the minority populations. And this in turn has its, its downside. And we, we have seen some coverage of that. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's what, at least they've, they've talked about it, but what we're going to do to solve this, you know, when people live in, in Chicago, uh, in, when I was there, uh, they talked about food deserts. And so a lot of the, the people in the inner city would have to come out to the suburbs to get to uh, a place where they had a grocery store that, that would, would carry something like what they would want to actually eat. And so we're so used to having uh, availability of, of good food or whatever, uh, you know, is sort of like uh, right there in front of us. And, and other people don't have a lot of these advantages. And in, if you're stuck on public transportation, you don't want to use it, you're really in trouble in some of these areas. So it's uh, yeah. the disparities are enormous. And then the, the uh, consequences equally terrible. No, I appreciate your word. Um, my, my last question was the, what, what are your thoughts about about people kind of questioning the news media? Like we have here in, in, in the border town Gallup, we have a high school that got converted into a hospital or to have hospital beds in it. And there's not a lot of patients in that facility because it's just a high school that's set up to handle runoff from, and handling like the most yeah. uh, vital cases at the hospital and then put them in extra beds. But there's been like five people in the beds, and it's like a hundred beds set up. So now there's a rumor going on around that it's a that um, like it was fake. And it, you know, what, what do you think about it, the uh, this these all this fake news stuff with regard to the virus? And are you seeing it happening on a local level? Go ahead, Tyler. No, I'm not. I'm not seeing that much here. But we don't have a situation that's quite as juicy for for the. The kind of alternate interpretations, you know, where you've got a, a building that's, that's clearly not full. Uh, but, uh, you know, there have been other stories where uh, everything is in dispute. 
And, uh, and that includes like uh, number of cases, total number of deaths, all those things uh, end up being uh, sort of a matter of opinion, uh, which is, is really kind of shocking. Uh, unfortunately, we've, we've had the CDC sort of hobbled uh, partly by their own errors. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, sort of, uh, I guess, I guess angle on the story that, that some sure. people will do anything to try to discredit the idea that this is anything other than a hoax. Um, I just don't quite understand the, the yeah, uh, they add, like, uh, they, rationale. They, they, they take great umbrage in their minds of, like, they're being manipulated. I noticed that a lot. It's like, okay, no one's trying to trick you, dude. Just put the mask on. And it's like, you ain't going to fool me. I know how this works. Yeah. But, you know, it has a, an air of non-reality about it. Uh, I think if you were in, in New York City or Navajo Nation right now where they have lots of people afflicted, uh, you know, talk to the folks that were in the trenches uh, and seeing the reports from these people who were um, protesting, you know, lack of equipment. Uh, to me, that seems real. Uh, maybe to other yeah. people, they they think it's all staged. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, don't yeah. I mean, as far as conspiracy theory theories go, like to all this, uh, the idea that all that is fake has not really come up. But you know, all this five G shit, uh, I can't even explain to you why the, how five G is supposed to cause uh, an intense <laughs> flu. But yeah, uh, so they believe I have it. One, one one question for Chris before he goes. Yeah. The uh, the thing that, that I had read, I should have made a copy of this, uh, thinking that you might be here, is that I understood that the uh, people who are in charge of uh, uh, ICE or uh, the Border Patrol have been uh, releasing uh, juveniles who are in custody and just sending them out. Just, just boom, because of uh, worries of, of COVID, and they're just kind of like throwing them back, which sounds uh, ridiculous for a, a couple of reasons. But uh, it, it, do you think that's true? I mean, is that a actual thing? Uh, it sounds like it could be, because there's been more egregious cases, like where somebody got released and then immediately committed a crime or something. But so. I'm, I'm going to have to answer in in in. I'm going to have to be in the territory of speculation on this answer because some of the guys I've worked. I'm also a wildland firefighter, and and sometimes I've worked with guys that you that had tried working on border patrol, and they said uh-huh. they were always appalled by like the speed, like the the um, the amount that somebody begin to do violence to another human being and the incompetency and and also a lot of times the border patrol doesn't have the funding that it needs so if 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 they were if it were a case where like you know we're going to end up with a, a whole bunch of covid cases in this jail and then we could just kick this one person out i, I don't know I, it would seem reasonable to me that they might do something like that and you you might never find out about it but yeah. I would have to look into that. Maybe I'll send you a link if I wherever I come across. Okay, that'd be great. Thank you. I just uh, I thought, wow, that's that's got to be the ultimate if you have these uh, minors who are are being because the way that I interpreted it was these were minors 
who were being held oh, yeah. and then just just thrown back to wherever, you know, and the question is like, is that even close to home? Uh, would be the first thing I would ask. And, it, and I'm not sure that I would say no. it was. Yeah, I, I've that, researched that would be my that issue. with the coyotes and traders. Like um, the the coyotes will, a lot of the people that are, people tend to think of it as all, all the people coming over the border are from Mexico. But a lot of them through Mexico from South America to get to get there. And so turning them away at the border or releasing them from, from temporary facilities sending them back into Mexico, they're nowhere near home. Yeah. Yeah. You, in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. no That's money, also no it's means. also uh it's it's impacted Indian country because uh the Tarahumara, I think it is, tribe down there on the border is uh they're, they're, and there's a couple of other spaces I think where they're trying to run that wall through and it's yes. like the they're, they're, they're the tribes Seem to not want it, but we, we I tried to get in and do an interview with the Tarahumara when I was down there one time, and I, they just weren't talking. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's been it's um, not always easy to get information. No, especially it's, it's simple. Those places are so remote. Uh, you know, just getting there is kind of a, uh, an achievement. But um, Jordan Lifedall yeah. is on Twitter, and he's been following. Uh, the uh, the construction of the wall, and apparently, at least as I understand it, uh, a large number of the rules that we used to have in terms of, of uh, environmental protection and, and archaeological and cultural resources, all those things, are, have been countermanded by the, the apparent um, emergency need. And so they're, they're just really um, driving it through. It's just amazing. You should see some of the, the photographs that he uh, posts. It's very um, disheartening to see that's what it is that's what it is Tim I just wanted I just wanted to say one thing to you on the air so I, re- I really appreciate that you've you've brought the show back for this because to me it's like the fu- you're you're engaging in the function as of a reporter which is it's to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable and so <laughs> when this when this outbreak happened <laughs> you you were like it was almost like this outbreak is the bad thing, you know, and you go to Powell and respond. Like, you you did, like, my instincts as a reporter was you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing as a member of the media by bringing the show back at a time where, like, it's needed. And, frankly, just being able to have these conversations with you or hear your voice, that being somebody that's from where I live, uh, it's at the end, I think people in the chat and stuff like that, like, we're really – interacting and as a community in a lot of ways and maybe just being able to talk to each other is, is helpful. Oh, but thanks, on the level man. of providing I information, that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So well, I, I'm going to say I, thank I, you and, and good night. Well, yeah, thanks for, thank you, good night. for your calls and insights, Chris. Greatly appreciate it. I said before, oh, Tyler deserves a lot of credit here, man. We were going to just do a show. And I was like, let's do more shows because this is not going to be over after this week, and now we're not we're not okay. going to be out of this for a long, long time. Um, I was saying to people, we're going to have a coronavirus Christmas, man. Santa Santa's <laughs> going to be wearing a fucking mask. You know, the beginning of next year, we'll all sit around when the new year comes and hope that we're out of this mess. And uh, God knows what we'll have with the election and shit. I don't even want to get into that, but 
Um, oh. it's, it's a difficult, difficult time to be around right now. We'll see what happens. And thank you, Chris, uh, for your updates on the jails and all this stuff uh, down in New Mexico. Yeah. You, are, uh, you, you are an integral part of the program. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks. Um, have a good night. Yeah, good you night, too. Brother. Be careful. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not in one of the jail cells yet. So he's he's a wild tiger, that one. Uh, well, you know, the, one of the things that, that he did was draw attention to uh, basically the situation in, in detention centers and jails uh, before anybody really even thought of it. He was he was already on that, and uh, again, I think he's really on um, on top of a situation uh, with uh, the Navajo Nation in New Mexico and Arizona. Uh, they're split between the, the two states uh, uh, of things that have not gotten a whole lot of attention. It's gotten some here, you know. It's not like it's it's totally ignored, but uh, it's important to shine a light on these things because otherwise they're so remote and they'll just be forgotten so easy. To just you know, yeah. not not help. Uh, I don't know if you remember going back to uh, uh, hurricanes, but Puerto Rico, and uh, and what a debacle that turned out to oh, be yeah, in of terms of helping people. Uh, and so, it, anybody can make mistakes. We can all learn from experience, but we have to learn from experience, you know, and try to do better. You would think. You would think. Uh, Everybody, keep your eyes on Brazil. See how that. Yeah, Brazil's yeah. in bad shape right now. I, Tim, I, I think this is the thing where you have these cascading events and that the situation uh, could lead to all kinds of unanticipated adverse events in terms of uh, political upheaval. This is going to be the problem until, until this problem is solved in the world. It's solved nowhere, yeah, and that's our reality. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, you know, the thing is that we can, we've gone to a lot of trouble to uh, flatten the curve. And we've gone to a, a lot of, um, of work and effort. People are uh, antsy and upset about it. Uh, but if we aren't smart about external importations, all that can go for naught, can be lost. Yeah. You know, and so they can, that can be an importation from afar, from a foreign country, but it could also be people moving about here that can, can cause um, epidemics to spark up too. It's going to be very difficult. This thing is sneaky. It's going to be a tough time to uh, deal with this, that's for sure. So I think that is uh, the most frustrating part of how this is all unfolded to me is that this has turned into a very tribal thing. It's like we should all be on the same side, man. We we were no no one's against you, but I think people are being manipulated and shit to uh, to rise up, if you will, against uh, oppression, which is not really not 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 like the oppression that you think it is, folks. Sorry, but like uh, you can't go get your hair cut. That's not that's not uh, you're not being you're not being hurt. Here we are. I love. I left you hanging on that one, didn't I, Tyler? Yeah. No, this this is crazy. Uh, that you, you think about of all the the things that could go wrong and all the the, the things that we have in our lives and how lucky we are, uh, we can get so stirred up about stupid little things so easily to the point where I, I don't even understand where people are coming from. And that's that's our world. 
You know, this this is what we have to navigate. I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah, it's depressing, man. We just have to to um, survive and uh, do the things that will help the maximum number of people survive. I, I hope that we've accomplished that and that um, if need be, we can muster the will to uh, to go backwards. I mean, this is where I keep saying people have to understand we could have setbacks and we'll have yeah. to respond to them. You will have to muster the will to respond to them. This is not going to be, uh, we're open for business, it's all done now. I, I wish, you know, again, if wishes were uh, facts, we'd be in great shape. But yeah, I hope that people are, are prepared to, uh, to realize that sometimes in these fights, you take blows, you know, and, yeah. and you have to get up again and start over. So I, I, like Chamba Wumbo, about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I get knocked yeah. down and I get up again. You know Chumbo, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That, that was fortuitous. You. <laughs> you, you were thinking ahead. Yeah, uh, we're going to be okay, man. I mean, I said this at the end of uh, the show a few weeks ago, but uh, I think what's frustrating to me, too, is the is this defeatist attitude. It's like, oh, we can't do that. Oh, we can't. We can't figure out. We can't get tests for everybody. We can't do this. Blah, blah. It's like, come on, man. This is this is America. We're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. We can't. We, it's 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 shameful. It's shameful. This is the state of this country, man. I think I read somewhere like uh, that they've had all these different ways to describe America before, but not fucking pity. And that's what's happening right now. They're pitying our country. And it's it, it it's really fucking demoralizing, you know. It really it really hurts, especially coming from a place where the deaths were so profound. And I look out at the rest of the country, and you know what really upsets me, Tyler, is this. Uh, you look back on nine eleven, and it was like we're all New Yorkers, and and this time around, it was like, yeah, fuck you, man, fend for yourself. <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm part of that because I'm right next to the New York. I'm, we're, we're the third most hardest hit state, so I feel that pain to a degree. But it's really like this country. It really hurts, man. I thought we were all fucking in this together. And you look back on how this all has gone down, and it really isn't the case. A lot of great people have been in this to defeat the virus, but there are a lot of people who just have been out. They have bailed out on on the whole fucking movement and shit, and that to me that's really upsetting. You know, I I agree, and uh, I think for me the most upsetting thing is the messaging that we get from some of the leaders. Not all of them. Uh, we've had some governors who have done uh, really good jobs, you know, under very tough. Oh, for conditions. sure, yeah. But um, yeah, the the upper echelon messaging uh, and uh, kind of undermining. Uh, some of the things uh, very much less than helpful. Uh, but we've also, uh, I think we mentioned uh, early in the uh, course of the, of the series here that one of the things that people have predicted years ago was if there happened to be a biological warfare attack, that a large number of uh, the, the uh, medical personnel would uh, not be showing up for their jobs. 
look what happened here. They showed up for work. They were there. They risked yeah. their lives. Some cases lost their lives doing their job. So there's one prediction that uh, didn't come true that, uh, you know, right. we really, those those folks rose to the occasion and they, man, they, they sacrificed everything. Uh, so we, we still can, can do things. We still, we have those people here. You know, we just need to give them the wherewithal and the, and the chance and the support. And that's, that's where I was really surprised, you know, that, um, how much, how much does it cost you to, to, to come there and, and show up and yeah. tell people you're doing a good job and we need you and thank you. And uh, there we are. Yeah. It's been a, a very difficult two and a half months. That's for sure. And, uh, that's the fucked up part, too, is the idea that, like, we're going to, we have to go back to the way it was. It's like, well, <laughs> like, the way it was is what caused all this, dude, in a lot of ways. Like, the way it was is why people can't fucking get food. The way it was is why people can't get health insurance and shit. Like, the way it was is why businesses are going under and stuff. Like, we we need to... We need to rethink the way it was, man, and we need to address why this fucking happened in the first place and, and not do it again. Yes, not doing it again. Um, working, we, we had a program to research coronaviruses, uh, something I didn't realize was actually going on. Uh, I think it's Eco Alliance. Uh, I can't remember the, the name of the group. Uh, through the National Institutes of Health, and that program got canceled, apparently out of peak over uh, concerns about uh, China not being open. And, and I share those concerns. I just don't know if you want to cut off your nose to spite your face in this particular way, because what, what you're saying is we need to figure out how not to do this again. And one of the things that, that was being done was collecting these coronaviruses, trying to figure out what was out there and what their weaknesses might be. So if one right, of them does right. spring on us, we're ready. And, and yeah. that program apparently was canceled. Um, doesn't seem wise to me, but, uh, you know, here we are sitting here going, yeah, we're, it's, we're, we're not making the right moves to yeah. protect ourselves adequately. This has been known for a while. And it, across the board, in terms of, of medical situations, a lot of our um, manufacturing as you're aware, has been outsourced, but so yeah. too has been the product manufacturing for uh, masks, uh, medical equipment, supplies, and antibiotics and, and drugs. And people years ago were talking about this. This is not, you know, strategically wise to, to have everything depending on a very, very thin, gossamer-thin supply chain, uh, you know, in case something happens. I, I guess, you know, that something would be war of some type or some sort of disruption. Yeah. And it turned out to be prophetic. But, Tim, they've been, they've been arguing about this for, for years. Uh, one problem that we have is free enterprise is great, but the corporation exists to serve the needs of the corporation, not necessarily right. the national tr- strategic needs that we have. When the two coincide, that's great. That's wonderful but they don't always. 
And, and here's a situation where chasing profit, the goal of the corporation, put us maybe in a more difficult position. And this has been sitting there in the open, in plain sight for years, commented upon, critiqued, no action. Yeah. Well, it's depressing, man. People in the chat are like, well, that's depressing. Well, that this is this is depressing, brother. This is how we are, man. This is the uh, the situation we find ourselves in. Uh, it is, you and, know, the, the thing and, that what what will happen is yeah. we'll be all over this until until we have a vaccine and it's gone, and and then we won't worry about it anymore. Until and that's one, that's yeah. our until the next one, and that's our pattern. That's that's our pattern. So it's it's not a good one. And this time, people have been talking about this. There have been uh, intergovernmental uh, agency. Um, desktop exercises about what if, what if, what if. And a lot of it, you know. Oh, they've been talking about this situation for years, and no one no one yeah. believed it, you know. No one ever. No, it, I never believed it. We all heard the stories and shit, and it was like, oh, the fucking Zika virus and the H1N1 and all that stuff. And, it's like, and it never, it, we never had, like, some intense, what we're seeing right now. We've never seen anything like this ever where people are just dropping dead at this at this rate. Yeah, it's, and thank uh, God terrible. he got on top of it. Because if we had not, if we, I think you probably saw that paper in the New York Times where they they gamed out like, if we started a week earlier, we would have saved. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So we started, and, and so you know, thank God that we we did what we did, and and didn't let this thing uh, just say, oh yeah, it's just like the flu. Don't worry about it, because by the time we would have really figured it out, we, oh my God, I hate to think what this thing could do if we just let it. Uh, yeah. And we actually, the laboratory for that might turn out to be Brazil. I'm sorry to say. It'll be interesting to see. Um, like you said earlier, though, like we talked about earlier, it's, uh, we're living through a period of time where they'll never even know how many of you fucking died from what's happening. If you want to take it a step further, uh, you can go back to the, the excess, excess deaths curve where we have the actuarial curve where we, we know roughly month to month what the number of people yeah. would be expected to expire. And you see that it leaps up. And so a lot of people will say, well, yeah, but you know, a lot of those aren't COVID. Uh, and, and that's probably true. But this is the cascading consequences thing. A lot right. of those people maybe had strokes or other medical conditions that needed treatment urgently, but they were afraid or unable to get treatment. You know, because everything was was subsumed by the COVID disaster in some areas, those people yeah. died as a consequence, a, not maybe as direct, but a, a consequence of the COVID situation. Yeah, uh, many of them. You know, perhaps some of them couldn't be saved, but still, we we have these. these it's cost us more lives, directly and indirectly. Uh, one of the things that Steve Ray brought up was. Uh, and the psychological toll, uh, you know, how many people will, will end up dying from being forced to stay at home? And these are the terrible trade-offs that we are forced yeah. to make, you know, that exactly. all these things come about uh, because of this damn virus. And, and uh, I, said, I think we said this before on the show. It's like nobody is, even somebody like me, who's an introvert who works from home and Julie Donato would just as much. It's like I've had enough of this, man. No one, no one is happy. <laughs> no, 
No one is yeah. like, let's help this goes on forever, dude. Like no one no one is saying that. I, I, I I'm in favor of them opening the the world up again, but they they need to like figure it out and shit. So we'll you see. Need to be very careful. Very careful and yeah. alert. This is where they're talking about contact tracing and adequate testing. We're never going to test everybody, but we need to be able to test a lot of people very quickly if we see things uh, causing or showing some problems and, and track down, uh, hopefully to isolate people, or we won't be able to control this. It'll, it'll just spiral out of hand again. And all that hard work, well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. I can't do another 10 weeks with you, brother. I, we were, we're on the end <laughs> line now tonight. Hey, we, I told uh, you you were going to last like 20 minutes. I know. I want to thank um, all the folks who have been a part of this this series. When we wrapped up in All-America like a couple of years ago, I said we would come back with some series and stuff like this. And this is kind of what I envisioned, but I never envisioned it (laughs) the way it turned out. But I was thinking, you know, six to eight week series of shows with people. Um, That's what we've done here uh, over the last two and a half months. I want to thank Tyler so much. You're part of the fabric of this program now. Like you are, you're part of the, part of the pantheon of an all American guest because of what you, uh, what you've been willing to put forward here and, uh, commit to this, the series. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I needed this when we started the sheer unsettling nature of what we were experiencing talking to you and doing this program from back in March and and experiencing this together every week was was uh such a godsend and it really helped me get through this and Good. um okay. I really want to thank you man I love you and I appreciate it Well thanks for having me on Tim I appreciate that and the opportunity to talk to you and your audience so it was great from this standpoint too It's our audience now brother <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's funny, I thought about it the other day I was like Thinking about wrapping up the show I'm like, I'm going to miss Tyler as a co-host <laughs> When I start interviewing these wacky paranormal people again I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to be like Well, what do you think of that, Tyler? Or Tyler won't be there So, uh, Co-hosting this show with you And navigating the waters Of what we were doing And uh, bringing on callers and guests And stuff like that uh it was a real, it was a real joy, man. I really do, I really do appreciate it, and uh, I had fun doing it. And I hope you'll, I hope you'll be listening to uh, what happens next with uh, Banal America. Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch, you know, for the, the updates. Um, but we, you know, we were very fortunate because we had people contribute uh, some good ideas uh, yeah, in the chat, yeah. and uh, um, also through the calls. So that really made it good because I, I think some of them, well, I'm pretty sure Steve Ray, for example, he's, he's looking at stuff I would never look at. Jesus. I was going to say, can yeah. we tell Steve Ray now to stop tagging us in tweets? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the thing is that, that uh, the thing, he has a, a humor and a way of bringing some of the stuff, you know, that, that – No, I, like the, is, I love Steve Ray, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you're you're exasperated, but at the same time, there's something in there, and, and so I I thank people for that. Yeah, uh, and that and that's what that was nice. So the audience brought us a lot. 
So thank you. And all the people in the chat room and the people who listen live uh, and who, who participate in this. I heard from a lot of people, believe it or not, who were like, oh, geez, man, I, I don't listen to your show now because it's all this coronavirus stuff and I don't want to deal with that stuff. Uh, and it's like, well, you, should, you, should, you probably should listen because we, we've been right about everything so far. To those folks uh, who aren't listening anyway, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be back in two weeks for Banal America. Uh, for now, the working title is Summer of Strangeness, a series of uh, episodes covering the strange and unusual. Uh, we're going to go back into the paranormal. We're going to have big-time paranormal guests. And uh, I guess I can announce tonight, two weeks from this evening, we're going to kick off the BOA Summer of Strangeness with an absolute icon. And anyone who's listened to Benal America over the years knows that uh, the show is built on icons. Uh, the late, great Stan Friedman, the legendary Jim Mars, uh, the iconic Brad Sire. Uh, I have an appreciation and affinity for the, the real legends in this field. Uh, and I can think of no other legend worth bringing on as sort of our new Jim Mars, in a sense, the, the kickoff guest in a way. And that is, of course, uh, the undeniable uh, Lauren Coleman. He's going to be on uh, in two weeks. Lauren Coleman, two hours on Banal America, and we're going to like talk about all kinds of shit. Bigfoot, cryptocrypology, phantom clowns, what's going on at the museum with the shutdown and everything. He's having a little trouble with the museum. We're going to try and help him out, maybe uh, gin up some uh, donations to uh, the museum. We're not going to do a whole corona thing, but we're going to like talk about that. I'm looking forward to that. In two weeks, BOA Summer of Strangeness begins with Lauren Coleman. It's going to be fun. And then I'm, I'm locking in guests now as we speak. Literally, I have, I have, there are people I have to write back tonight uh, who, are, who are, want to do the show. So we're going to be doing a whole string of uh, paranormal shows starting in two weeks, June 5th, here on Banal America, and uh, Tyler and I will, will, will jump back into the mess at some point to do an update on what's going on. Tyler? Yes, sir. I'm ready. You just give the word. <laughs> All right, Tom. So, All right. Well, we should have something to talk about in terms of vaccine, uh, maybe some other findings, but uh, certainly we'll see how the vaccine race is shaping up by the end of the summer. Yeah. Start putting your notes together, brother. I'll, I'll start putting my notes together and stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll reconvene at a later date. And uh, as I said, um, I'm kind of like heartbroken in a way, man, about uh, ending our weekly conversations. I joked about it with you uh, just now on the show. It's like I'm going to miss my, my cause. I really am going to miss you, man. I really am going to miss you, and uh, I really appreciate everything you've done and contributed over the last uh, 10 weeks or so. Yeah, well, thanks, Tim. And I, I, thanks for thinking of me to, to to be the person to help out. I'm very happy that you did that. All right. Well, on that note, we say goodbye. We conclude the weekly coronavirus conversations here with Tyler Cochon. Um Until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for participating in uh, this 10-week this excursion. And until uh, we meet again, this is Tim and all with Tyler Cochon. Thank you for listening. 